5. Matthew 5, and we continue looking at the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, we're in verse 9. Matthew 5, 9. We got a little crowd here tonight, don't we? What'd y'all do? Run everybody off. Matthew 5, 9. Uh, Jesus said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God or the children of God. Let's pray. Father, help us tonight as we uh, look at what uh, your son Jesus teaches us here and regarding uh, the character of your children. Uh, Lord, we are to be peacemakers. Uh, Jesus, we know your son, is the greatest peacemaker of all. Uh, he made peace at the cross uh, between us and you, and he has reconciled us to you by his cross. The gospel, when it's at work in our life, not only has the gospel united us to you, but Lord, when the gospel is working in power in our life, we desire to be those peacemakers seeking to share the gospel message that reconciles others to you and living out the power of the gospel that, that will reconcile us to others and help us, Lord, to live in the power of the cross in our life that makes peace. In Jesus' name, and amen. All right, just in our prayer itself, I think said a whole lot regarding um, peace. Jesus, I think, as we said before, can be seen throughout all of these Beatitudes, and especially this one. Blessed are the peacemaker. Jesus is the greatest peacemaker of all. Uh, Jesus made peace. Whenever we are, we're totally at one end of the spectrum, at war with God, in enmity with God, and God is holy and just and righteous, and Jesus comes in and reconciles us to the Father. And so Jesus brings peace. At a, at, to we look at with our eyes, we'd say that is so unreconcilable. I mean, total end of the spectrum. Uh, Holy, complete holy God to complete unholy, unrighteous sinners. Yet Jesus comes in the middle, so making peace. And that's what the gospel does. That's what Jesus does. He, he reconciles us to the Father, uh, makes peace, and He is our example. People say, I want to be like Jesus. Well, we can't make the kind of peace that Jesus made between us and God, but we do according to the Word of God, have the ministry in, in Corinthians. He's committed to us the ministry of reconciliation. We are used of God to tell people about Jesus who makes them at peace with God. And so there's that part of being a peacemaker in the sense that we tell people where that peace with God can be found. So that's one aspect. That's not what we're going to focus on tonight, but... But we can promote peace in that way that people can be at peace with God through Jesus Christ. As a child of God, that should be what we strive for continually. And blessed are we if we are engaged in telling people how they can be at peace with God. It's a blessed life. It's a happy life. 
and that God blesses peacemakers. God will bless your life when you want people to be at peace with God. So there's, there's that one side of being a peacemaker. Now, the devil on the opposite end of the spectrum, he is a strife maker, right? He, he wants contention. He wants strife. He is the very opposite. Uh, we as children of God should be peace promoters. Um, but not peace at the sake of truth in that sense. And we're not going to get into that uh, in this message, but I just want you to, to realize that. Um, years ago, I had read Rick Warren's book uh, years ago on the purpose-driven life. I'm not recommending it. Um, of course, in every book, just, just about every book, you can find something good, okay? Uh, but Rick Warren is, is way out there. And, and in this case, in his book, he said this. He said, everybody loves peace. I'm trying to talk about something he's talking about. That just simply isn't true. <laughs> everybody does not love peace. Um, I, I've met plenty of people. They did not love peace. Uh, I like what David said in, in one place, in, in one of the Psalms. Uh, he, he said uh, this. Let's see, where did I write that down here? He said, um, when I speak for peace, they are for war. I, I lost my place there. Uh, anyhow, uh, but not everybody uh, loves uh, peace. Uh, peacemaking is not avoiding a conflict. Jesus didn't avoid the conflict of us and God, right? He, he came in, put himself in the middle. And um, there might even be times where making peace is at. You're not making peace. You're not promoting peace when God and man by telling about Jesus, but coming in in the spirit of the gospel between two other people that are not at peace. You've got to be careful of that, okay? Um, there's proverbs that sometimes warn us about getting involved in the strife that does not belong to you, right? It says it's like taking a strange dog by the ears. In other words, you're, you're going to get bit. And, and so you've got to be careful by interjecting yourself in the conflict between two people uninvited. Um, but sometimes somebody needs to step in. It, it takes some spiritual discernment and wisdom to do that. Um, but when it comes to uh, peace in our own life, between us and individuals, folks, we can't avoid that. We, we can't just, well, it'll, it'll go over. It, it'll be done, uh, you know, that kind of thing, or pretend it doesn't exist. That's not healthy for a relationship. It's not healthy in a marriage. It, it's not healthy... In any relationship, parent-child, it's not healthy in a dating relationship, it's not healthy in a, in a work relationship. You know, when there's conflict there, and you, and you just think, well, you know, it, it just don't want to deal with it. That's, that's not making peace. It's a peacemaker, not, a, not waiting for the peace to happen all on its own. We, peacemaker involves activity. It, it's, it's action. Blessed are the peacemakers. In other words, you yourself are seeking to make peace, not avoid or, or ignore conflict so that peace may be promoted. Now, Jesus is called, what, the Prince of Peace. He reigns over peace. I guarantee you, where you are seeking to bring in peace, you are inviting Jesus into that relationship. You're wanting peace in a relationship, you're invite, you need to invite Christ into that relationship because He is the Prince of Peace. The Gospel, of course, is the one that is what we need to focus on in making peace in our relationships when we are at conflict uh, with others. 
I just want to give some things that we had shared some things uh, probably over a year and a half ago in Sunday school. I want to go over some of that again tonight, um, some tips on, on making peace, because I want to focus a little bit on regards to whenever you, you want to make peace in a relationship between you and somebody else. And this is applicable uh, to whether it's, it's marriage, whether it's parent-child, whether it's church members, people at work, just any time that there's conflict. And, you know, we need that conflict resolution. We need to know how to, to deal with conflict when it comes up. Uh, and so let, let me give you some quick tips tonight. We, uh, we won't be alone on each one of these. We won't have time for that. Uh, but some quick tips. First of all, anytime that there's conflict between you and somebody else, make sure you're talking to God before you ever go to talk to that person. Talk to God first, okay? Um, you know, too many times, immediately when we are offended, uh, or immediately we know that they're offended, well, we just want to go at it, you know? And, and, and you know, that's, that's not the best, that's not the best uh, path to take. Uh, make sure, you, first of all, you're taking it to God in prayer. Now, often what we find in, in doing this uh, is that God changes. If, if we are the, maybe the offended one, God sometimes just in prayer just changes our heart right then when we just start really praying and talking to God about it. We realize, you know what? I probably shouldn't have been that offended by it anyway. Uh, you know what? They got some things going on in their life I didn't think about. And I kind of understand where they're coming from, though I don't agree. And you, you start praying and start God starts working on your heart. And all of a sudden, you realize what? There's no conflict there at all now. And so because you, you sought God first and sought peace from Him, sought peace from Him in that situation, you realize, you know what? I, I don't need, there's nothing really here to deal with. That's, that's not every time, okay? Sometimes things have to be dealt with. But some, there's, there's little things that offend you, you know, sometimes that's honestly just do this first talk to God first let's see uh, how that goes because um, sometimes God changes your heart listen and it can work the opposite way around too maybe you had every right to be offended maybe you, you were hurt personally and they said things they shouldn't have um, but sometimes there's a conflict and and you honestly you, you have no have you ever had this happen you have no problem with that person at all but you know they have a problem with you. No, you honestly, you have nothing. With, you have no bones to pick with them at all. But you're like, I don't know why they don't like me, or <laughs> I, I don't know why they're mad at me. I don't know why they're upset. But it, it's obvious, and I really don't know why. Let me I tell you what. Before you ever go talk to them, okay, pray, <laughs> because and give it a little bit of time. Because sometimes God doesn't just work on your heart when you pray. God can work on their heart too, right? And so he can change their attitude towards you. And maybe the next couple times you're around them, you say, you know what, I think they've changed. They're not upset anymore. And sometimes peace is made simply through prayer. That does happen. I'm thankful when it happens like that. <laughs> I'm thankful when I don't have to actually go talk to people about conflict. Who wants to deal with that, right? Um, When you pray, I think one of the things you need to ask yourself, and, and you are at odds with someone, you have like a peace there between someone, uh, you know, be self, you know, look at yourself in the sense of, am, am I maybe being easily offended? Do I have expectations I'm putting on this person that they're not meeting? Is, is it maybe not them? Maybe it's me. I mean, we need to ask those kind of questions and be some self-reflection there 
and uh, before we would ever go to somebody talk to them, pray about it, be self-reflective in, in those things. Uh, sometimes we have conflict in our, in our relationships because we have unrealistic expectations. We, we expect things from them that really we shouldn't be expected. Um, we have disappointment, we have bitterness, and, uh, and oftentimes we put people in the place of God and they're, they're not measuring up. <laughs> they're never going to measure up when you put them in His place. Uh, secondly, uh, when you prayed about it, you talked to God about it, let's say you, there, there's still a conflict there, something still needs to be done, somebody's got to take the initiative. And we always want it to be the other person because we want to feel like we're the one being approached <laughs> because it puts us in the power seat. We want to be the one approached because it feels like we put us in the power seat sometimes. Um, sometimes that's the way we think. Um, no matter whether you're the offended or the offender, the Bible teaches both ways in regards to you are to take the initiative. Um, say, well, they're the ones that offended. They should take the initiative. The Bible does not actually say that. That's just something we have thought should happen. Um, the offended often waits for the person to come to them and make apologies. And, and we might even in our own minds say, well, I'll be willing to forgive them, you know, and this relationship be good. If they will come to me and they will approach me, then I'm more than willing to be reconciled um, and, and so forth. I'm not getting into this tonight because it's not, it could be definitely included, but forgiveness isn't always the same thing as reconciliation too. I, so I think you can forgive somebody immediately when they have hurt you and you can forgive them, but because they haven't sought forgiveness, forgiveness does not only need to be given, it must be received for there to be reconciliation in the relationship. Does that make any sense? You can forgive somebody and that relationship still not be good because they haven't sought that forgiveness, they haven't repented, they haven't said the necessary apologies, they haven't confessed anything, you approached them, you went to them, they don't care, they're not dealing with it. You can still forgive that person, but the reconciliation doesn't take place and, until that forgiveness is sought after. For, for forgiveness isn't enjoyed, just, isn't just given, it must be received. So anyhow, that's a whole other subject, but that, it is important in making peace in, in, in the sense of that re relationship being restored. Um, but always be the one to, to take the initiative, whether you are the offender or the offended. If you know you offended somebody, you should immediately try to make that right. Um, and say, well, they know they offended me, but they have never come to me. Well, try to also understand it's not always easy to go to people when you know you've heard them too. It's tough. No matter who you are, offender or offended, somebody's got, somebody needs to take that initiative. And, and we've got to swallow our pride, no matter which side of that fence we're on, the offender or the offender, and, and be willing uh, to, to, to make uh, that uh, initiative. Um, in, in Matthew 5 right there in the Sermon on the Mount look at what Jesus says in verse 23 and 24 he says therefore if, you're, if you bring your gift to the altar you're, you're, basically you're coming to worship we should worship pretty often right so it's very healthy to make sure that you have healthy relationships if you're going to worship God okay to, to continue to go to church and, and to worship God and you have relationships that are just 
broken and you're, you've not done anything to try to make peace there at all, it's tough. But therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar and there remember that your brother has something against you, it's not if you have something against your brother, but you know he has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go your way. First be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer your gift. And so the, the, the idea here is that it's the one that knows that somebody has something against them. Um, and, and so that kind of puts a shoe on, you know, really the offender, on, on the offended part. You're the one offended. You have, they have something against you. And, and so, you know, it, it goes both ways, folks. Um, take initiative. Um, also, in, in this thought, uh, you, you, one of the thoughts is, is make sure that you are you know, going to that person. You know, that's what the Bible teaches. You, you know, you go to them. In Matthew later, Jesus says, you go to them. You talk to them about it. If it don't work out, you go with two or three other people. And, and so then the, the idea there is you go to them. If, you're, if a person is really wanting to make peace, they're not going to talk to everybody else about it first. I can see right, I, it took me years to see right through that, okay? This person over here, well, I got a problem with them, they're, 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 and they're talking, it's like, it, have you talked to them about it? Okay, go to them, <laughs> talk to them. Now, I understand as a pastor, people might need some counseling, and if they take that advice and go talk to them, I'm, I'm okay, but if they're just talking to this person and talking to this person, talking to that person about that person, about this problem, they're not looking for peace. It don't matter how just their cause might be or even how right they might be in what they're saying in regards to that person did wrong. If they're going talking to everybody else about it, folks, they're not working at peace in that, in that situation. Some information does need to be shared to protect people. Okay, I'll say that. Um, so hopefully you understand the balance of what I'm saying there. You know, Proverbs 25, 9 says, Debate your calls with your neighbor himself and discover not a secret to another. <laughs> and so when you and your neighbor at odds, you know, you go talk to him first. Um, and you ought to be, and then be thoughtful too of the timing, you know. Uh, be, be prayerful and discerning. Uh, third, third tip here is whenever you go to someone, you're talking to them, uh, learn to sympathize with their feelings. I, I found a lot of times you can sympathize with people's feelings even when you don't agree with them. <laughs> and you know, cause, so you can say, you know, I understand why you would feel that way. And so you can say that in a lot of situations to connect with people. At least they understand that you're trying to see things from their perspective. Um, Philippians 2, 4 says, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. And that, that word look is, is where we, uh, is a Greek word, skopio. I don't know if I'm saying that right. That's how it's spelled. Uh, but it's where we get our, uh, the words telescope and microscope. Um, the word look there in Philippians 2, 4. And so focus in. Hone in on their feelings. Look, every man, look not every man on his own things, but every man on the things of others. You know, sometimes we only look at the facts and we fail to see the emotions. And, and not that we should be emotional driven or make decisions of right and wrong on emotions. I'm not talking about you know, discerning right and wrong here, but I am talking about trying to uh, 
make peace in relationships. Um, we got to learn to at least sympathize with their feelings at times, though we may not agree with them. So I understand why you would feel that way. That's not saying I agree with, with your judgment. It's saying I understand why you feel that way. <laughs> um, and so, so learn to try to connect with people as much as you can uh, in, in their emotions without, you know, um, compromise on truth. Okay, I'm going to say it like that. When we learn to listen to other people's feelings, we can often understand better how to respond. And, and so uh, keep, keep that in mind. I, I know a lot of times, you know, when people do approach you, it's very easy to be thinking more of an answer of defense rather than it is really than it is to try to see from their perspective. Because we're automatically on a defense. We've got our gloves up. We're ready to shoot back that next argument, you know. And, uh, and instead of trying to see it from their side. And so learning to sympathize with their feelings, try to see things from their perspective. And you, sometimes you just might see that you were wrong. And, and then, you know, you'd be willing to uh, say sorry and seek forgiveness and hopefully that relationship be restored. Uh, fourthly, quickly, um, confess you were part of the, con you're part of the conflict. Uh, mo most conflicts aren't 100% one person and 0% the other. We just have to be honest there. Uh, most conflicts that we have where it needs some peace in that relationship, most conflicts, there's, you have at least a percent there. <laughs> there there's something. There's something. Um, in most things, not always, okay? There are some very abusive relationships out there that's like, he demand, you know, 100%, he is a bad dude, okay? We're not talking about that. Most conflicts we have, there, there is uh, confession of conflict on your part, all right? Um, good, a good passage for this is also in the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew 7, right? And uh, verse 3, And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look a plank is in your own eye? He says, hypocrite. First remove the plank from your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. You want to go to somebody and talk to them about their problems? Let's make sure you're taking care of your own and confessing your part in it, you know, and confessing where you might be wrong. And um, when we think we... If you have a very good eye for seeing other people's problems and how they mess up, and how they cause trouble, da-da-da. And, and you really sit there and think, now if I ask you, well, what, what, you know, what do you do to cause problems? And you can't think of anything, <laughs> nothing, then you, you need to take Matthew 7 there and really think about that. Um, we can't really truly see, and what Matthew 7 is teaching there and Jesus is teaching us there is that you can't really see your brother's faults until you actually deal with your own faults first. And so you need, you need to go take a step back and look at yourself. Uh, then when you deal with yourself, then you can see your brother's faults clearly. Uh, sometimes I think we see the faults in others that we actually know are also in ourselves. And so actually when we see faults in other people, it's a good thing to ask yourself, is this in me also? Is this in me also? Um, so, so, so be mindful of that. But be willing to confess faults uh, to the Lord, confess faults to them. Um, 
throw off a defensive attitude, humbly admitting our own mistakes in that situation if we're in a conversation, admitting our own mistakes, not making excuses, not shifting blame, those kind of things, and, um, and it would definitely help. And trying to resolve, make peace also, make sure you're, you're not attacking, make sure you're, you're going after the problem and the situation and not just uh, the person. Uh, some things become personal when they don't have to be. You know, personal shots at people, uh, and it doesn't need to come to that. And so, so make sure you're not doing that. Uh, don't speak with har- uh, harsh or sarcastic words. Uh, don't attack the person. If you really want peace, um, I've, being on social media, you, you see people just going about this all the wrong way. And, and you know what? People get on, people make statements about other people on social media, and they say, well, How could they do this? And they did this and this. And somebody in their family, sometimes even a spouse, um, and they've got this on social media. And it's like, that, that person, no matter how right that, they might be, in the sense that that person is wrong, they're going about it all the wrong way. And they're not really looking for peace. They're really attacking the, the person on social media. And they shouldn't do that. Um, but when you're talking to someone face-to-face, let's, let's make sure that we're prayerful. A soft answer turns away wrath, those kind of things. Grievous words stir up anger. Uh, Ephesians 4, 27 says, Give no place to the devil. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that may minister grace unto the hearers. Uh, the devil wants a place. The devil wants to come in, in between that relationship and, and hurt it. Be mindful of that. Also, uh, quickly, sixthly, uh, cooperate as much as possible. I'm not talking about, we're not talking about right and wrong here in regards to truth and error. Uh, most things, conflicts we might have, don't have anything to do with that. Um, but cooperate as much as possible. Make sure it's not your pride. Make sure it's not your selfishness. An issue of just an opinion. Some people, some of the worst problems in churches have not come over doctrinal differences. It's come over arguments like, you know, material things, you know, things with the building, that, that kind of stuff. Really, that's where most problems come from in churches. It, it just shouldn't be. And all because sometimes people have too much pride and they like their opinion too much of, uh, of style. <laughs> uh, it, it's, just, it's just silly to, to fight and argue over those kind of things. Cooperate as much as possible. Ask yourself if you're following Matthew 5 and verse 40 through 42, uh, you're, you're familiar with it. But it says, if anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. And, and so, give to him to ask you, and from him who wants to borrow from you, do not turn away. So, ask yourself, am I, are you going the extra mile in this relationship to have it reconciled? And um, I, I'd actually taught from those verses over at, at, at uh, Jason's earlier in the year, and it's really interesting, the history there, because what, what's going on there, what Jesus is teaching, is, is the Romans were allowed to ask any Jewish person to carry, a Roman soldier was allowed to ask any Jewish person to carry uh, their stuff one mile. And you had to do it no matter what. If you were a Jew, you had to carry uh, the Roman soldiers, military, whatever they wanted you to carry for one mile. It was a law. And, and so, so when Jesus says, when he asked you to go one mile, what were they hearing? 
Oh, when the Roman soldiers ask me to carry their stuff a mile, go with them two miles. Now think about that. What's Jesus asking of you? Because if you go one mile with somebody, you got if you're if you're coming back, that's a two mile walk. <laughs> now Jesus is saying, if you go one mile, go two. If you're coming back, that's a four mile walk. Now he's asking you to do quite a bit. Um, so so make sure you're going the extra mile. Cooperate as much as possible. And then lastly, quickly, seventhly, make sure you're doing this. You are emphasizing reconciliation. Emphasizing reconciliation, uh, even over resolution. In other words, it's, it's, it's unrealistic to expect everybody at the end is going to agree on everything. But what you need to make sure you have in mind is you want to make sure that this relationship is okay when this is over. Uh, we may not agree, but we still have a relationship. Um, that's important. Um, with some people, their relationship with others is, is so important to go along with just about anything. That's not good. Okay, that, that's not a good way. Uh, but we do need to emphasize relationship. Uh, reconciliation focuses on the relationship, while resolution only focuses on the problem. We need a little bit of both. But we need to make sure that, that we want that relationship with that person without compromise in the sense of a bad way. When we focus on reconciliation and see that relationship is an important issue at hand, sometimes the problem itself loses significance. If it's just a, a problem, a, a personal offense loses significance. And the two parties can often agree that the problem is not worth their relationship in the sense that listen, we don't want to quit being friends over this. Um, and so think about these sayings our, our, Jesus says blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the sons of God or the children of God are we, making, are we seeking to promote peace between God and man by telling people the gospel uh, do, do we need possibly to be a peacemaker in a relationship between two other people or odds as parents we're, listen we are the peacemakers in our home <laughs> you know uh, we've got siblings you know, we, that's, especially you got young siblings, you are the peacemaker. You can't depend on your, your five-year-old to make peace with your six-year-old. You know, you've got to work those things out. Um, and, and other people, there might be things where you, you might be able to help to make peace. You've got to be very prayerful about that, though, as we said. Uh, but let's also make sure we're making peace in our own relationships with people in our life. And see, here's what, if Jesus made peace himself at the cross, if we are living in the power of the gospel, and the power of the gospel of our life, and the blood has some power in our life, and the gospel has some power in our life like it should, we should definitely be people of peace. Without peace, right? The Bible has something to say about that. Without holiness, right? Uh, and he says, without, follow holiness with all, right? Or follow holiness, making peace with all, right? Without which, no man shall see the Lord. And uh, so, so we should be people of peace for sure as God's people if we're followers of Jesus Christ. Father, help us to be people of peace. Um, help us never compromise truth, what's righteousness, but help us always, Lord, to seek peace in relationships. Uh, help us, Lord, to not be easily offended. Help us, Lord, not to offend others. Uh, sometimes, Lord, the offender doesn't even know that they've offended us. Help us, Lord, to always take the initiative. Help us to swallow our pride. Help us to be forgiving. And Lord, help us to be like Jesus and go the extra mile and to compromise where we can, where it's, where it's okay to compromise and to give. And 
Lord, because we value relationships uh, with uh, the people around us. In Jesus' name, amen.